Hey guys, welcome back. Living the Good Life show here live from Dallas, Texas. Baseball season's here. Loving it. Ah, I'm having an affair with Major League Baseball. My wife's okay with that. No doubt about it. We are going to talk a little football here as we bring on Ryan Kramer, the Sports Gambling Podcast. How you doing, buddy? Oh, uh excellent time to be alive baseball is back and if you didn't catch it fan goes on the field to propose to his girlfriend <laughs> from the field back that. to the bleachers and you you want to talk about a form tackle if half the linebackers in the national football league could tackle like that security guard mm-hmm. uh, i mean worth worth watching if nothing else for the hit but baseball is back uh but but you know still it's funny because baseball is back, and yet you turn on SportsCenter and we're still getting updates on Aaron Rodgers and NFL free agency. <laughs> Jeez, Aaron Rodgers. It's like a non-issue now. It's like no one wants to talk about it until something actually happens. You know, it's fun, though. I mean, before you know it, know it uh, April 27th will be here with the NFL draft taking place at Union Station in Kansas City, and I'm excited about it. You know, you got to – an interesting class of players. Whether you know you're you're interested in seeing what quarterbacks go, and um, you know a lot of teams and what their needs are this year. I feel like a lot of it's defensive. But that being said, I want to start it off a little bit here uh, with quarterbacks that are that are in the draft this season right now. And you look at the guys like the Bryce Youngs and the Strouds and the Levises and the Richardsons and the Hookers, no pun intended. But, you know, you look at these guys, and off the top of your mind, I know you've done a lot of analysis with it, but, you know, what guys are going to be, and this is just an opinion, are going to have success? You know, guys that are actually going to have a wonderful career as possibly and hopefully a starting quarterback, and who are the guys who, you know, won two years and they're done? It does seem like the league is starved for one of these guys to be a great quarterback. I mean, it really was uh, all about Bryce Young for a long time. I think if you watch college football, you're probably of the opinion like, ooh, this this draft Nick uh, excitement about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis doing stuff in underwear. Will Levis is back, had muscles on top of muscles. Anthony Richardson can jump higher than any man, run faster than any man. And, oh, my goodness, did you see his pro day? He threw a football into the roof. Uh, I mean, so we're, we're at a point where you, you really have this production versus prospect argument. And a lot of the smart people I know that dig into the draft are saying Stroud is going to Frank Reich and, and the Panthers up there at the first pick. But I would say this. You know, if you're asking me which one of these guys has the traits to definitely be a successful pro, I'm going to say it's Bryce Young. He's small. That's the knock on him. We were taking pictures of his shoes to see, wow, that, that looks like a lot of foam in the sole of his <laughs> shoes around the combine. And, and and at the end of the day, he did measure out to, to be a little small. He did uh, measure out to have some weight, but who knows if that was just combine bloat. 
But I do watch him, and I see a guy who can make the NFL throws. Everyone else, there, there are a number of reasons to be skeptical. And so I think, sure, some of these landing spots like Carolina with Frank Wright could be a positive situation, but they did just trade away their best wide receiver in DJ Moore. You're not really sure what else is going to be on this offense. And so, you know, I, I, I compare Stroud to Justin Fields, a little bit taller, a little bit more of a pro arm. But I do wonder, Ohio State makes it pretty easy for someone to be a quarterback. And as far as Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, uh, I've kind of shared my thoughts on them before. I think they're just a project. Uh, These guys were not productive in college. Anthony Richardson, sure, has a higher chance of being like some sort of unicorn. (laughs) I hate when people say that, though. You got to look at the upside. Well, I I would argue that the downside is just as big and and just as far down because you're going to be using, potentially we're hearing the Colts at four. Uh, for a pick on a guy that really wasn't successful even at the college level. You mentioned Hooker as well. And in Hooker now becoming a darling, I'm seeing even some mock drafters having him as the third overall quarterback. Wow. Played in a system you got to be cautious with in college. The air raid there, Josh Heupel's system in Tennessee, always going to be good for putting up numbers. Not exactly the most complex system, not a ton of reads for the quarterback to make, but I understand as a former Virginia Tech fan, he unfortunately was told to, to see the door by Justin Fuente, but his his potential is there as well. Uh, my concern is we're just so starved, and, and the quarterback play has been so poor that we're going to be pushing these guys to have to do it too early. Mm-hmm. And I think the one guy, like I said, that stands out to me is if he does get thrown into the fire right away, which it look it you know again sounds like the Texans at two yeah. would be the place Bryce Young lands. Uh, here, here's the shocker. This time last year, we thought someone else was going number one. Trayvon Walker ended up being the guy. I think at this point in the process, Trayvon Walker might have been 10 or 15 to one to go number one overall. I say that to say Bryce Young's still the best guy. Bryce Young's the best prospect, and the only knock on him is, is his size. And the only thing people are connecting really publicly to Frank Reich is the fact that historically mm-hmm. he's only worked with larger quarterbacks. If you want a fun betting angle, I would take Bryce Young to go number one overall. I think he's the top guy. <laughs> is that I, actually I, a I, thing in Vegas? Oh, my goodness. It's absolutely <laughs> a thing. Right now, Bryce Young is plus 250, <laughs> two and a half to one to go number one overall wow. because everyone assumes it's going to be Stroud. So, mm-hmm. to me, it's Bryce Young. You want you want And I'll give you the opposite argument. I think the, the guy who absolutely is just bust, bust all over the place, mm-hmm. that's Will Levis. Okay. I, I think Will Levis is kind of like Anthony Richardson, the appeal of Anthony Richardson with all the throwing ability and the movement and the muscles with just he had he's failed multiple times in college. He has been mediocre multiple times in college, at least with Anthony Richardson. He kind of he's a developing project, only played for one year. Okay. But to me, if you're if you're one of these teams, you're good. You're, you're a fan. You get so excited about this guy. Just be careful. Like, remember what Malik Willis looked like out there uh, in those first starts. I know. You know, it's interesting, though. Uh, you, you can only hope as a fan. But at the end of the day, some of these teams have no choice for the matter. I mean, they really don't. Either they missed the beat when it came to free agency or they literally put all their eggs in one basket and are trying to do their best to get one of these guys and, you know, praying that they're going to turn out to be um, the next Andrew Luck. Now, here's a question for you because there are a handful of teams that have uh, two picks in the draft, uh, the first round, which is pretty interesting. I mean, if you look at the teams, 
I mean, first of all, the Eagles, I can't even believe that that is the case because that's just really pains me. It's annoying. I'm, I'm yeah. sure your partner loves that. Um, <laughs> but you look at, like, the Texans and the Lions. I know we can talk Seahawks, but the Lions and the Texans really stand out because I feel like, I mean, even more so the Lions, Ryan, because, like, they look great last year considering what they have gone through, you know, since I've been born, basically. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. But seriously, they look they look really good, and now they're getting two more picks. What are the, what are they targeting right now? And so, some I mean, there are plenty of smart people out there suggesting that they're a good bet to win the NFC. Even, uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're they're are they're all over the place because you know with Dan Campbell, he kind of made some news. Uh, if you didn't see it, basically, their teams are allowed to talk to players at the combine, and of the thirty players that Dan Campbell spoke to, mm-hmm. only four had it. And so, which makes you wonder, like, oh, my goodness, like, what is he looking for? We've heard, uh, like, team, like Jalen Carter, for example, we've heard he's off some teams' boards. I've not heard that about the Detroit Lions. Uh, I've even heard Bijan Robinson. I mean, talk about a throwback, Dan Campbell, bite kneecaps, run the ball. I think I think the smart move for them, honestly, is to engage with the Baltimore Ravens and use these picks to get Lamar Jackson because, like you said, They look very good. A lot of that talent running around in the skill positions is under rookie deals. And, boy, you almost, like, feel bad for Jared Goff, but imagine that offense with an upgrade from Jared Goff to Lamar Jackson. That's what I would say. If they keep the picks, I almost certainly think that first pick has to be defense. I think the B. John Robinson angle is just a draft Nick uh, mock drafter thing. I, I think we're lo- you're looking defensive line or cornerback. We've heard about how deep the cornerback class is. They expect six, maybe even seven guys to go in the first round. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you look at what Detroit has already. They have some fun, explosive weapons on the offensive side. So, to me, this is all about, like, stock up that defense, shore up the back end, and, hmm. you know, we could actually be talking about a Lions team looking like a, a, a sure thing playoff contender. They were exciting to watch, too. I mean, you know, you look at them as the underdog and you find yourself rooting for them. It's crazy. Um, and Jamison Williams, who everyone talked about as the most explosive wide receiver in last year's draft, he was barely healthy this year for those Lions. But when he was healthy, I believe he made four plays of over 40 yards. Wow. Yeah. You know, you brought up the Ravens. And a couple things t- uh, stand out for me. The fact that Baker Mayfield turned down an offer is what I'm seeing or r- the, the rumors are going. Why turn down an offer from the Ravens? Now, you know, this is not like uh, they denied it. Like, they went after him, and he denied wanting to go to Baltimore. Is something going on there that maybe we don't know about? Maybe is that why Lamar wants to be traded? I mean, I think he looks at the situation. I think any rational agent is going to say, hey, look, the most realistic situation with this Lamar Jackson thing is he still goes back to the Ravens. And so that was probably just simply that. Hey, the Bucks are interested in you. They have a guy named Kyle Trask. Want to go try to win a starting job? And, oh, by the way, you saw what Bruce Arians, who not the head coach anymore but still very involved in the franchise, very excited. He said he was a big Baker guy when he was in the draft class, so really thinks uh, this could be a good home for his second chapter. I, I, I guess that would be it, right? It's just purely opportunity. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so we're, we're going to stick to the fir- first round of the upcoming draft this month, 
and there are teams, a handful of teams, who do not have picks. So this is interesting here, and I'm going to just run through this because, you know, some teams, obviously, they lost their picks. Miami lost their pick. Uh, The Rams, the Browns, uh, the 49ers. I think the Broncos don't have a pick either. So those are the teams. Exactly. Those, I mean, like, first of all, you can go through this and you talk about this a little bit, but the Rams really stand out as, like, total losers. Like, they are getting rid of – I mean, every time I put on my phone, it's like, oh, we thank you for your time as uh, a Ram. You know, and it's like everyone's leaving that team. I don't know. And I think I, I think there's a there's kind of one of the things I like to do when I'm looking at the future uh, like from a gambling perspective especially is I really like to look at the teams that don't have draft picks and have a lot of dead cap. Because it, te- it makes two things true. It means it's going to be really difficult for them to sign people because vets cost more than these rookies. And, and you know, you might be saying, oh, well, they don't have to pay their rookie class. Sure, but they're going to have to get bodies. Right. And so the Rams sitting third in the league with $52 million in dead cap and no first-round pick. I don't. I, I want to say they, they don't even have a third-round pick. They're, they're starved. Uh, for assets, they're they're a team that you. I mean, to your point, you gotta fade. I mean, you you mentioned Baker not wanting to go to Baltimore. Why did Baker not want to stick around in Los Angeles? Yeah, that like that situation is is very. Maybe interesting. he wants I to do. win. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. You know, we we heard about McVeigh maybe toe out the door uh, into the media. Aaron Donald has discussed retirement. I, it makes me wonder. Like, is this team even going to make it to the starting line? And so uh, I uh, full fade for me. I mean, the fact that the Detroit will be drafting their their first round pick this year, which is uh, pick number six overall in that in that Stafford deal. I mean, absolute fleecing uh, by the Detroit Lions. Shout out to them. And and you mentioned some other teams yeah. on this list that don't have the picks. Denver, that's another one. I think there's some optimism with Sean Payton in yeah. the building. But certainly, again, you know, you, you make this mega deal, you bring in the quarterback, and now you're drafting fifth and you, you don't even have the pick. That That's the kind of stuff that can screw up a franchise for a decade. A long time. And um, I don't want to cut you off, but, like, you know, you look at some of these teams that even though they don't have picks, they're fine. Like, Miami's fine. You know, yeah. the Broncos, I think they're in decent shape. They're not bad. The 49ers are fine, right? I mean, as long as uh, they still believe in, in, in their quarterback. But other than that, yeah. I mean, it's just the Browns and the Rams that really stand out the most for me. I mean, honestly, if you if you looked if you, as a case study, you just said, look at Denver, look at the Rams, and look at Cleveland, and that they're all not picking in the first round. They're mm-hmm. all like so no ability to grab those kind of blue chip assets that you can lock up for five years, right? And a, what all for for what reason to bring in a guy who they thought was going to be a franchise changing quarterback? Now the Rams would argue, well, we won the Super Bowl, so we're okay with it. But it's still, I think, I think we're looking at a dark period for this this team uh, for the upcoming future. Yeah, uh, and, and I think I think Cleveland we barely touched on, but man, like Cleveland, we still haven't seen like Watson to, to some extent and Russell Wilson both in that same bucket of like we haven't even seen them look good. At least Russell Wilson has Sean Payton, who like made Drew Brees good for a very long time. Sure, yeah. I, I I don't know with Watson. I mean, again, we haven't seen guys leave football and come back to football after taking a long break and do anything, and he he hasn't looked good. And I, I got to imagine the pressure of being the guy that may have ruined football's guaranteed contracts. 
uh, is leaning on him heavily. So, yeah, Brown's another team where we – I think we've talked about the AFC North where you look at some of the other teams in the division, the Bengals are already there. Uh, we kind of like where the Steelers are headed. Ravens, obviously, huge question mark. But this Cleveland team, to me, is the easiest one to strike off as – Boy, their ceiling might be decent, but their floor is very low, and this franchise is, like, hanging on by threads. Yeah, good points. Uh, Got to talk a little G-Man action here, as I think they have been doing such a great job during the offseason and free agency. Um, Joe Shane comes out, though, this week and talks about how they want to give as many targets as possible to Daniel Jones. So wide receivers are still in pursuit. Uh, for the uh, the New York Giants, which is interesting to me because the rumors are still out there that Hopkins and, you know, Brian Dable has been texting Odell Beckham. I don't know if I'm a big fan of this or not. You know, you don't want a lot of noise in the locker room. But, hey, you know, what's your opinion here? Or, or are they going to just go after guys who maybe aren't, like, superstars in the name or talent and just keep adding, like, guys like Hodgins and so forth? Seems like they have a plan with these with their signing so far, bringing guys that can play multiple positions, make the offense very difficult to scheme up because everyone can do everything. Yeah, uh, Paris Campbell uh, joining the team, going to be wearing number zero. I don't know if you caught that news. They're I now didn't, allowing I didn't players to wear. Yeah, players can now wear zero in the NFL. Uh, I don't know where I stand on it. Almost feels it's weird. Like you have to be an elite. You got to be an elite player. To Wait, is zero, zero a number? Like literally? Like I don't know if that's even. I guess it is a number. That's interesting. Okay. It d- depends what kind of set you're looking at. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's an interesting thing. He might be a zero, like, mentally. Like, I'd be like, I wouldn't want to be a zero. It's like a – it's a flex. It's like a one almost, but it's not one. It's zero. It's it, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think that the, the way the Giants are approaching this is, like you said, targets. And that, I think Joe Shane very specifically said targets because, you know, Darren Waller they thought was an asset that they could bring in as a number one guy at a discounted rate compared to what the receivers would cost. Uh, it annoys me as – it seems to annoy you that John Mara's out there running his mouth about, you know, Odell joining the team. I, I do. I will say the way that these players all speak of Brian Dable, I, I don't have any concerns about the locker room because I, I think okay. they're like the culture's already been fixed. And I think that these guys, like whether it's having your, the right lieutenants in the locker room with chef and Jihad Ward and these guys who like just aren't going to take, the shit i excuse my my friend but i i I also think just frankly like dable looks like a great leader and a guy that people respect i don't know if you caught this from the coaches meetings but not only did he look pretty pretty sweet in his uh his shades and his uh, track suit but uh reporter (laughs) on the scene uh, allegedly he was the first coach to crack a beer Coors Light Tall Boy at 11 32 a.m so money uh shout out to i just think Part of when you have locker room problems is because the coach isn't isn't a guy that everyone wants to play for. And I think like, there's a certain level of transparency that's happening in the building that pl- players seem to respect. And even the new guys coming in are going out of their way to talk about how part of what they want to join here is the, the culture that Dable's, Dable's growing. So to, to your to your question on the receivers, I don't want the old guys to I come know. in. I, I, I keep signing these discounted guys. If the opportunity's right, sure. And if they do sign Beckham, I'll probably find find a way to talk myself into it. Because, boy, nothing was more fun than watching him catch a slant and take it to the house. That is true. He did look good <laughs> uh, when he actually played for the Rams. I will say that. A um, couple other things, and we'll let you go. But, you know, Austin Eckler now being rumored to go to Washington. 
if that happens, I mean, what does that say not only to the uh, NFC East, because this guy is a straight-up talent, but it just seems like uh, this is a place where, who knows, Magic Johnson and his group are trying to buy, which it looks like it definitely could happen, and then all of a sudden pieces come together. I mean, Washington's not far off from being a contender now. Yeah, some say they need a quarterback. Uh, although Forgot about they, that. they seem content. Yeah, they seem content with Sam Howell, second-year guy out of North, uh, North Carolina with yeah. the Eric Bieniemy offense. Look, I, I think you see the contracts even, um, the way that you have to put the money in escrow, all of the deals with the commanders are actually being deferred into May, mm-hmm. which most people are saying this is because the ownership transition is going to happen, so they want to make sure that the new owner is the guy on the hook for all of these deals, which tells me it's a done deal. And so, you know, do I want to see Austin Eckler enter the division? Not really. really. Uh, Do I mind, though, if if it causes Washington to pay a a running back more than we now know you should? Sure. I still don't think he's going to leave. I think if he leaves, it makes a very strong statement to the charge. Like, if you're a charger... They've always been notoriously cheap, but this this you're taking their best weapon. I mean, I, I know Keenan Allen's a great player and Mike Williams, but you're taking away their best weapon if you if you move on from Austin Eckler. And we've seen it over the past couple of years. None of these guys have been good at backing up Austin Eckler, so I think it would be a bad move. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be stoked for it, but I would find a way to talk myself into the fact that the Commanders are now spending too much money on the running back position. It's crazy. I feel bad for the Chargers. It's like when they get to a certain point, they're like, oh, they can contend. They can contend. And then all of a sudden, nothing happens. And, you know, you got to you gotta throw a little love towards Herbert because, man, this guy's talented. And, unfortunately, you lose Eckler. These teams are getting rid of their, like, star dependable players. I mean, Schultz is gone. Eckler's gone. I don't know. I mean, I it's just it's crazy stuff. We'll see how it develops. I'm very excited. We'll come back. We'll talk more about uh, uh, upcoming transactions that uh, I think we are all expecting soon. But man, appreciate it again. Follow Ryan Kramer, everyone at Sports Gambling Podcast. Appreciate it, dude. Cheers. Have a great one. Head out this song.